It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff, and it's the Qinator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet. One, and it's time for part one of the weekend mailbag. For that, in a little bit, we're going to welcome in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. But Chris is running a little bit behind, so while we wait for him, I figured we would touch on some of the latest news that's been going on that we haven't talked about on the show yet. Cam Clark has signed his contract, so he becomes the third Jet to sign, the others being Denzel Mims and Bryce Hall. It's only a matter of time for the rest of these guys. As we've talked about on the show before, all of these guys are slotted. There's no mystery as to what they're going to get paid, so they're probably just ironing out the finer points of each contract, but there's not really any haggling to be done on either end of this. I would expect those guys to be signed, all of the rest of them, in pretty short order. The Jets have announced that they're going to be offering season ticket holders the option to skip the 2020 season and still retain the rights to their tickets for 2021. This is a smart move by the Jets for a variety of reasons, but first of all, because I don't think there's any way that fans are going to be allowed into these stadiums. And the main reason I'm saying this is because the NFL has said that it's either all or none. So if any states have regulations saying that fans can't go into the stadiums, that means that none of them can because that would constitute an unfair advantage for some of these teams if they can have fans in the building when other teams cannot. Makes total sense if you think about it. I know that Governor Cuomo in New York has already said that the Bills will not be allowed to have fans in the stadium. So with that being the case, the Jets had jumped ahead of this and essentially realized that with them not being able to have fans in the building, most likely anyway, it was a good PR move for them to be one of the first teams to come out and have the goodwill gesture of offering fans the opportunity to not have to spend their money on tickets in 2020. And if you think about it from a fan perspective, it works out nicely too. Sure, there are a lot of fans that are still going to want to go if the opportunity arises, but there are plenty of fans that are in the at-risk category, fans that are older, fans that have immunocompromised situations that are not going to feel comfortable going to the stadium. So this is a good move from a PR standpoint from the Jets and also as far as taking care of their fans. People have often joked that the Jets tend to wait until the Giants make a decision and then they jump into the fray and sort of copy the Giants. That didn't happen this time, so credit to the Jets for acting in a timely manner and actually getting ahead of this and being one of the first teams 
to offer the refunds. Haven't really had a chance to talk about the Cam Newton signing yet, so I'll just say this quickly because I'm sure we're going to get into this on the show in much more detail over the next couple of days and weeks. I see this as a win-win for both Newton and for the Patriots. From Newton's standpoint, he gets to go to a playoff caliber team and compete for a starting job. If he does well, then he probably has the opportunity to earn a long-term contract somewhere else. And by long-term, I mean maybe a three-year deal because he will be 32 by next season. For the Patriots, it's good because if Jarrett Stidham beats out Cam Newton, then you know that Jarrett Stidham is ready to go. If he can't beat out Cam Newton, then he sits behind Newton. Newton holds down the fort for the year while the Patriots figure out what to do long-term, whether that ends up being Stidham or they go and draft somebody else or sign somebody else. So really, for the amount of money that the Patriots paid, this works out for all parties involved. I think that there's a better chance that Stidham is going to start than a lot of people realize. First of all, Cam Newton has been injured the last couple of years. Nobody really knows what he's got left. And also, from what I understand, the Patriots do really like Stidham. So while based on the body of work, you would have to favor Cam Newton right now, there is the matter of Stidham being somebody that the coaching staff really likes. So I think he goes into camp battles Cam Newton, and even if Cam is the favorite right now, Stidham has got a fighting chance, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up winning the job. Patriots getting in trouble again. Not a big surprise. It seems to happen a lot. Another fine, another lost draft pick. Probably isn't going to matter in the end. Greg Williams coming out and supporting Jamal Adams. I think that's good in one sense. It's nice that he has a kinship with Adams. I do think that he should not have said what he said about the contract. That's really not a good idea. I'm sure Joe Douglas wasn't happy about it. If there's one thing coaches should never weigh in on, it's contracts. So Greg Williams would have been better off just saying, I love Jamal, think he's a great player, can't wait to coach him as far as contracts. That's for ownership in the front office to deal with, not me, I'm just a coach. But, of course, that's not the Greg Williams way, so he went out and said what he said. And so, in the one respect, you're glad that he's fired up about his player, but in the other, you have to realize that that's probably not the smartest thing to say. And then, finally, we now have some news about the preseason. They're going to cut the schedule instead of four preseason games this offseason. There are only going to be two That's fine with me. Quite frankly, I don't think that these teams need anything more than one or two preseason games anyway. So what you're going to get is the game at the Lions on August 20th and the game at home against the Steelers on August 28th. Between that and training camp should be more than enough time to decide who to keep on the roster and who earns what playing time. And quite frankly, again, With it only being televised and fans not going to be allowed into the stadium, this just wasn't worth it from anybody's standpoint. The players have the risk of getting hurt. You're not forcing the fans to buy tickets, so there's no profit motive there. And the television stations don't want to air these games anyway because nobody really wants to watch them except for hardcore lunatics like us. So really no need for anything more than these two games. And what this also does is give the Jets the opportunity and the rest of the league, obviously, not just the Jets, all the teams in the league, to push this back and really make sure that all their ducks are in a row before teams actually start to play against each other. And with that said, Chris is now on the line, so let's jump right into the mailbag. 
Next question comes in from Ryan O'Keefe. He says, if Gase is let go during the season, obviously Dowell Loggins goes with him. Who calls the plays then? The only answer I can think of is Jim Bob Cooter. He's the only guy on the coaching staff with any play calling experience. I can't see any other person that would be calling plays if that happened. Right, Chris? No, I mean, he would be the obvious. Um, I guess you could go with John Jefferson, too, but he, he doesn't like. So, yeah, that those are the only two uh, choices that you'd have. Um, so, But they, I would say that they'd probably defer to Jim Bob Cooter there at that point. Ryan also says, I've made a bet with a buddy of mine that Chris Herndon becomes a top eight tight end this year due to his talent and overall lack of depth at the position around the league. What do you think the chances are that that happens? Really just depends on if Herndon stays healthy. Remember, part of the reason he slipped to the fourth round in the draft is because he had injuries. And then, of course, last year, after he came back from the suspension, he had the injury and he ended up not playing at all. So if he's healthy, we've seen he has the skills, certainly, to be a top eight tight end. But that injury question is a very big one. So I think it could happen, but you're definitely rolling the dice. Yeah, that's it. Uh, if you could tell me that he's going to stay healthy for 16 games, then I'd say yes. I like the chances um, of him being a top eight, a top 10 for sure, tight end. Uh, the question to me is, is he going to be healthy and be able to play all 16 games? And that's something that, you know, I have to wait and see uh, before I, I can feel confident in saying that right now. But I do think he has the talent and the ability to do it. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Harry Skillman. He says, is there a world in which Jamal Adams' demands are too high, the Jets trade him at some point, Marcus May steps in a strong safety role with Ashton Davis taking over a free safety? Does May have the skill set to make that transition? I don't think so. I don't really see Marcus May as a strong safety. No, I mean, he could do some some stuff in some roles. On He could definitely do it on, you know, limited basis, but they, you're, that's not – uh, where Marcus May is uh, going to shine. That's not using him to his strength. Um, I, you know, like, again, I, I could see them, especially this year, using a lot of uh, three safety sets with those guys and kind of rotating who plays inside the, the box on a play. And I could see them, uh, you know, disguising him as a free safety uh, D, but then sneaking him down in the box occasionally here and there, but you're not going to get him to be uh, a strong safety that consistently like that. And it's certainly not going to have the impact that uh, Jamal does at that position. Harry also says being British and hearing on the show that you've watched British television shows, I'd like to recommend Inside Number 9. It's a collection of short stories, dark comedy, and surprising twists, kind of like Black Mirror, but without the focus on technology. Sounds pretty interesting. I may have to check that out, Harry. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I, I haven't heard of it, but I, I will definitely look into it. Before we get to our next question, Chris, I want to bring up something that I put up on Twitter as well as a poll, and it involves soda. Because I've been curious about this for a really long time, and my friend Larry was mentioning this as well. When you talk about soda, you talk about various different forms, right? So you have fountain soda, then you have bottle soda, and you have canned soda. But you also have glass bottle soda and plastic bottle soda. So there seems to be a hierarchy. And what most people seem to say is they like fountain soda number one, glass bottle soda number two, plastic bottle soda number three, and then canned soda number four. Now, I understand completely the fountain soda thing because it's a matter of different syrup and it's sweeter and it just tastes fresher for that particular reason. But the other three, I don't really understand. I've been trying to figure this out. What makes glass bottle soda better than plastic bottle soda? And why is bottle soda considered better than canned soda? What would be the difference? Yeah, I don't know because the, the, with the glass bottle, I can't really call it because I think I, the only thing I can think of that I've had glass soda uh, bottles is Coke. And usually then it's a Mexican Coke, which uses uh, the raw sugar cane. Mm-hmm. So, so that I understand that that's the difference there. I, I haven't, I don't think I've ever had like a, a Sprite or like an orange soda. And well, no, that's not true. I guess, uh, Stewart's, I used to get the Stewart's, uh, orange soda and, um, sometimes root beer in the glass bottles. Um, but I don't know that, that that's much different from, I, I, I don't know, but I do know this, um, give me a, a can over a plastic bottle for sure. 
I don't drink a lot of soda anymore. Anyway, now I really will only drink soda <laughs> if I'm getting like a burger someplace and I mm-hmm. want it uh, a, a fountain soda. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always did prefer a can of soda over plastic bottles. I can't really speak on the glass ones though, because like I said, I I I think I've only had like Coke and Mexican Coke with that. I'm not even joking. I'm thinking about putting together some sort of documentary with my friend Larry about this because this is such a fascinating topic to me, and I think a lot of people can relate to it. Almost everybody either drinks soda or has drunk soda, and they've all tried it from all the different containers. So I'm just fascinated why the same exact product would taste different or be perceived as different just because it's in a different package or a different container it's just really interesting to me let's get back to the questions now this is from michael christopher he says why is kyler murray and arizona getting all this love their offensive line is still not great they have bad defensive tackles and teams with those deficiencies don't typically travel well plus murray had eight games on their 220 passing yards last year why is he rated ahead of Darnold by most people? I don't understand the hype. Well, we talked about Russell Wilson earlier, Chris, and Russell Wilson kind of had a similar rookie season in that he had a lot of games his rookie year where he didn't throw for a lot of passing yards. Now, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that Kyler Murray is the next Russell Wilson. I'm just saying that that doesn't necessarily prove anything. I think the idea is it's his second season in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. They added DeAndre Hopkins, and they did end up adding a really awesome player on defense, too, with Simmons. So I think you could at least make the argument that Arizona is primed for more success this year, particularly on the offensive side of the ball where Murray has had a chance to learn the offense and really come into his own, and he's now got that number one weapon with Hopkins. Is he going to be better than Darnold this year? I think if he is, it's only because he's got better talent around him offensively, and Kingsbury is a better offensive mind than Gase. But I don't necessarily buy into the idea that Murray is better than Darnold. What do you think, Chris? Okay, so I'm going to preface all this by saying that the defense is going to be a liability for them this year. That there's there's really no two ways about that. Um, and then you add in the the fact that they have to play in the same division as the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Rams. Like they have their work cut out for them this year. But you you nailed the Kyler Murray part of it. You go and watch Kyler Murray's year last year, and you go and you watch Russell Wilson's rookie year. And you're going to be sitting there being like, wow, like this, this, these are insanely similar uh, to do that. Like that, the, everything from the style of play to the style of how they had to play. Um, but then the other part of it is Cliff Kingsbury. And uh, I talked about it before when we were considering him as a possibility for the Jets head coaching spot. People were criticizing him for – not having a winning record at Texas Tech, like that's an easy place to win. The the uh, bona fides, what I looked at at Cliff Kingsbury was this man knows how to coach offense. And he came in last year and everyone thought he was going to come in and go air raid, air raid, air raid. And he did not go air raid, air raid, air raid. And in fact, you look at how impressive, how great that offense was. It was their running game that was super impressive. And that run, that's a, a due in large part due to Kyler Murray because of his ability to. But the the scheming it is 
watching the Cardinals last year, and I did over the offseason earlier in the offseason, I did go back and watch a lot of the Arizona games just out of curiosity. <clears throat> and it reminds me, and I'm not in uh, exactly how they went about it, but it's Kyle Shanahan, and he just found the ways to get a favorable matchups, and they were able to move the ball so well. Um, now, sometimes they would struggle for a bit in the first couple of quarters, and then a lot of times this happened. Kyler Murray would struggle the first couple of quarters, and then he would turn on and really turn it up at the end of games. But, again, if you watch how he played and then you go watch Russell Wilson's rookie year, you were going to see a lot of super similarities. So you get him a DeAndre Hopkins. You get him some help on the offensive line. Um, and you're going to – you would expect uh, improvement. You also this, – this is what happens. You come in and you have a solid rookie season. Everyone's going to expect you to take that next step forward, um, especially when the offense around him improves. Now, again, the defense is going to be a problem. They play in a really tough position uh, division. So I would not look at their record at the end of the season as a way to judge how they're going. But if you go and you actually watch the games that they played, you look at how Cliff Kingsbury called the games, how great the running game was, because people weren't expecting Cliff Kingsbury to come in and be running the ball as much. My biggest complaint with Cliff Kingsbury last year was he wasn't aggressive enough, especially on fourth downs and uh, third and shorts and stuff. That that was my biggest complaint with him last year, and that wasn't something that I would have expected. But he seemed to kind of uh, dial it back at times when I would have expected him to press on the gas. But the way that he was coached, the game plans, the way he attacks, I, I just – I don't know how you're not excited about watching what his offense is going to continue to do and what Kyler Murray can do there because I think he's going to have a hell of a career and Cliff Kingsbury has shown that he is a really good offensive coach and I I don't think that matters what level he's on, what conference he's on. Uh, it's going to be a question long-term of if, they can, if he can put up some type of defense to match his offense to carry them far enough. That's going to wrap up part one of the weekend mailbag. We will be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Have a very happy 4th of July. If you haven't had a chance to give us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. But it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.